now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. And I declare that that will be your portion today in Jesus' name. God will give you direction in the name of Jesus. And He will give you, listen to this very importantly, correction in the name of Jesus Christ. The truth is that many things that we are going through in life is because there's a procedure we are using that's wrong. And you are still using it because you think it's right. All right? Every man's way, the Bible says, is right in his own eyes. So what God gives to you before he can bless you is correction. Therefore, you will receive correction today in the name of Jesus. And you will not be stubborn. You will listen to it in the name of Jesus Christ. All right? The Lord is good. Let's take our seats. You know, last um, Saturday, I spoke at length, hoping to finish this series last Saturday. So when I left, I thought I'd finished it. And during the week, I now remembered something. And I remember that day I was reading here. I, I made a note of it, but it not escaped me as we were teaching. But I believe during the week, the Holy Spirit reminded me. And we're going to just take one more session on the pursuit and the use of faith. And I want to talk again specifically about how to get faith again. We are going on in that um, dimension once again. Let's open our Bibles to, uh, of course, we have been reading this again and again. Let's read the book of Romans chapter 10. I'm going to read two portions. After that, we'll go to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Let's start with that Romans chapter 10 again, which we have read, uh, we have read it many times. So we'll just be quick with that. Then quickly we'll flip over to Colossians chapter 1 that I mentioned. How does faith come? How do we acquire faith? He said, with the heart man believes, it results in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, producing salvation. He said in verse 14, how then would they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. He said, just because somebody spoke does not mean people will obey or believe the word. So he said in verse 16, However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Paul now said in brackets, essentially, So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. He said, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. He said, but I say, surely they have never heard, have they? Indeed they have. Their voice have gone out into all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. Now, please note that. I'm going to come back to it in a moment. Let's read the other one that we, I said we'll read, the book of um, Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to start from verse 24. Colossians chapter 1, I'm going to read from verse 24. 
Now Paul again was writing here. He said, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do my he said, I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. He said, Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is, this is the word of God, all right? The mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God, that is, these saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is, this is something that God planned for a very long time. This is God's, um, let me say, secret agenda, something he built for generations. In fact, before the foundation, all right, of the earth, he said it's something that was hidden in past ages. What does that tell you? The Jews actually did not know about it. Abraham did not understand it. Noah did not get the point. Adam did not even know what they were talking about, even though everybody knew that something was going to come. In fact, the Bible says that the angels prophesied these things. All right, sorry, the prophets prophesied these things. And then when they sought to know what the spirit of Christ, that spirit was leading to Christ, that spirit inside them, what it was saying, they were, it was told to them that this thing is not for your time. It's for another time to come. That is, it was hidden in the ages past. Now, I want to say something again today. It's something you've heard me say again and again, but we have to just emphasize this point. People must understand it. They don't know how, where, how things are broken. The division of the history of mankind is, in two, is at a particular point. Jesus is the point of division. Everything was before him, and everything after that is after him. He marks a division. I'll talk about that later. But what I want to bring out is that people didn't understand Christ. And the problem you are having today is that many preachers are still bringing the old and trying all right, to make Christians walk in the old. They just look for words that are similar. They take a church today, a church building, and equate it to the temple of God just because the church building is a structure and the temple of Israel was a structure. But actually, after Jesus came, things changed entirely. And right now, there are no buildings that are temples of God, nowhere on this earth. No matter how beautiful a building is, it's a convenient meeting place. So if you have to design a church building, put the convenience of meeting first in your heart. And don't say, this is a building worthy of my God. It's, a, it's nonsense talk. Are you getting my point? It's nonsense talk. The important thing is that are the people comfortable? Any building where Christians are comfortable is where God is comfortable. Any building where Christians are not comfortable, God is not comfortable there. I hope you are getting my point. That's just all it is about. The body of believers is, all right, their bodies now constitute the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and we'll talk about that later. Now, so I'm looking at something here, all right? Things were hidden in time past, and the people did not know what God was doing. What actually where God was going was to bring somebody to the earth. Where he was going was to bring himself in the person of his son to the earth. What he was doing was to bring Christ to the earth. 
everything that was done before that was for a particular purpose, so as to bring Jesus to the earth. So Paul said this mystery was hidden, and there's so much of it that was, people didn't understand. It would surprise you that God tried to explain this thing. Jesus himself tried to explain some of these things to Peter, to James, to John. They didn't get the point, a part of it. After Jesus preached and he left, they still thought, and you see here Christians say to today, that the Jews are the chosen people of God. I have never heard a greater insult to Jesus Christ than that. I hope you get my point. Listen, the Jews were chosen for a purpose, emphasis on the past tense. They were chosen to bring Jesus to the earth. And once Jesus came, the only special person in the eyes of God has to become special through Christ. Therefore, if a Jew wants to be special, he comes into Christ. And that coming into Christ is open to everybody. To Arabs, to Africans, to Eskimos. Are you getting my point? To South Americans. Jew or Gentile, the Bible says there is no difference anymore. Now, this was what Peter didn't understand. And that's what Paul was saying. That nobody understood it. So God had to specially choose me so I could explain it. I hope you're getting my point. Paul said, look, Jesus taught it to Peter. Peter, looking after everything that happened. He said, will you at this point restore the kingdom back to Israel? Behold the Lamb of God that's taking away the sins of the whole world. Will you at this time restore the kingdom back to Israel? Look, let me not sit on that. I always get carried away when I get to that point. What I'm going to say is that everything that God ever planned... The reason why he made the seas, made the sun, made the stars, everything was to come to a particular head, and that is Christ. And he said every blessing he wanted to bless anybody with, he packaged it in Christ. He said, this is the mystery. He said, verse 26, which was hidden in past generations, it has now been manifested to his saints. And what is that mystery? Go down to the end of 27. That mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Anything you are going to expect in this life has to come through Christ. It's only when Christ is in you that God's glory is manifested. I've been talking about the difference between spiritualism or spiritism and spirituality. The difference is that spiritual realm is real. People can learn things. And many things that preachers teach and they call Christianity is just pure spiritualism. That is the way you learn physics and learn biology. You can go learn genetic engineering. You can cause some effects. In the same manner, you can learn spiritual laws. And they work. But that's not Christianity. This is what marks Christianity. It has to be Christ-centered. The message must be centered around Christ. For example, they said, how come you have prospered? Some say, I've been a diligent giver. That is stupidity. That's not Christianity. Are you getting my point? If you, if you say to a Christian, how come you prospered? You say, Christ died that I might prosper. His resurrection is a sign that poverty has been broken. That's Christianity. Would a Christian give? Yes. He gives from this other end. Knowing that he has prospered, he's not afraid to give. You're getting the difference now. Knowing that he has prospered, giving is not a problem. So giving is a sign of his faith. It's not the cause of his prosperity. No. You know the grace of the Lord Jesus. You know the rest of it. He was rich. For your sake, he became poor. So that you, through his poverty, might become rich. That's it. 
How come I'm healed? How come I'm well? How come my genes don't de- determine my destiny? He said, listen, I've checked some correct herbs. I drink, you know, pastors open their pulpits and allow people to come and pollute it. Pulpits are polluted. You bring nutrition expert to sit on pulpit on Sunday. Pastors are funny people. They pay for airtime and get one doctor to be teaching on cholesterol. That's a Christian television. Doc, what do you have to say? <laughs> you know, if you are eating garlic. So Christians said, look, the key to sound cardiovascular health, aerobics. So Christians joined gym. They start running up and down, sometimes like the devil, to and fro. <laughs> I always like to say nothing wrong with it. One is nothing wrong with it, that exercise in itself, it has little profit. Don't let anybody deceive you that the profit is much. The Bible says it profits little. It profits for a little while. Don't let anybody deceive you that these tinting women you see on television are in perfect shape. No, they are all sick people. <laughs> all those mothers you see, they are physiologically abnormal. So don't, don't let anybody try and impress you. And you are thin, you will live long. Listen, when you are thin, I'm going to jam, you die faster. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> the key to health is not how much you jogged. That's the point I'm making. I'm not saying exercise is bad. Like I told you many times, I like to keep fit also. It's good. My favorite exercise is carrying iron. Yes, I love it. It gives you this kind of, you know, you feel good. You enter the gym, you are eating iron, you are feeling happy, you feel like a man. <laughs> but that is where it stops. Does it make you live long? I hope you are getting my point. What is the guarantee of long life for the believer? He said Jesus died so as to free those who by reason of the fear of death, were held in bondage all their lives. Death is broken by the sacrifice of Jesus. Long life is a promise, not to the athlete, but to those who believe. God did say, if you shall run 100 meters, maybe five times every other day, then I shall make you live long. He said, no. With long life will I satisfy him, And show him my salvation. Why? Because he has loved me. Every promise of God is encapsulated in Christ. He said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what I'm talking about. How do I prosper? You know, I was having a discussion the other day with some people. They said, God is going to reveal long-term plan to you. I say, I don't know. If, if all your plans have worked out well, God hasn't blessed you yet. You have not yet been blessed. You are still warming up for blessing. A sign that God wants to bless you is after you make good plans, they scatter. They now know the Lord is on my case. That is when you know the Lord is on my case. When all your projections, five years, seven years, ten years, they have been coming to pass. Worry. And then you'll be concerned. I say, God, what's happening? Why did you abandon me? Because what did I do to abandon you? All my plans for ten years have come to pass. Lord say, you are wise. 
So what shall I do now? Make no plans henceforth. Identify each day of your life and fill each day with fullness. Make sure you identify the things you're supposed to do in each season and fill it, that is, fulfill everything. Where I will take you to next, you don't know. Anyway, this guy just said to my wife, I'm not getting time to talk. He said, no, God likes us to plan long. It's a lie. Read your Bible. There's nobody that has a very long-term plan in the scriptures. If you have it, God scatters it. When you're about to retire, your name is Abraham, they call you. When you give up, say, what do I, what do I get since that I go childless? They give you a child. If people say, you know, Joseph had a dream. Forget that thing. Joseph's dream made, was meaningless. Joseph did not know about Pharaoh when he was dreaming funny dreams. He was dreaming of stars and sun and moon. I hope what I'm saying is clear. He did not plan to be sold into slavery. I woke up one morning and said, my brethren, thou shalt conspire against me. I confess it. <laughs> Everybody begin to conspire. Right now, sell me into slavery. If you know the path to your destiny more than faithfulness to the general word of God, you are confused. If you know the path that will take you to your destiny, then you don't know anything yet. What should I know, you say? Each day has its own troubles. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Have plans for each day. What do I mean by each day? I am a student. I just gained admission into university. I entered there today. They tell me my admission letter. Four years. At the end, we'll give you bachelor's in physics. Bachelor's of science in physics. So he said, good, excellence is the will of God. So what is my plan? Read my book. What's my plan? Attend my lectures. What's my plan? Do my assignments academically. I do all of that thing. And I aim to be excellent in everything that I do. As a normal person, of course, I keep studying the word of God. I keep improving myself spiritually. I do all of these things. Why? The day is four years. What's the next day after that? They say, in Nigeria, you're going for NYSC. Then you start praying. If you check the literal, some, some versions have this translation for that um, um, uh, Lord's Prayer. Say, give us our bread for the morrow. That is, at the end of that day, the man begins to make plans and prayers for the next day. What is the next day? Lord, where am I going to serve? I leave it in your hands. There are things you just say, Lord, I don't care. There are times. Now they say, choose. All right, Lord, where do I choose? Say three options. Okay, I would like to go to this particular place. I throw it inside there. And then when I'm, when I'm tossed anywhere, I begin to pray again. My next day is one year. It's NYSC. And what do I do that period? I do the best I can. I find a lot of free time. I do community service. I help people. I keep on developing myself spiritually. I read. Why? This one year must be filled to the full. Many people don't realize that they're going to say, what's wrong with this town? There's no light here. And they start making plans. You know, in five years, I should be working at KPMG. After that, I will resign. And I know all those plans are built upon what they saw somebody else do. They don't even realize it. 
You are a woman, you have read the story of Ibukun Awoshika. You are, you are trying to be Ibukun Awoshika version 2. Yes, 2.0. <laughs> you don't realize it. You are building things, alright? According to the, what she has experienced. Not knowing that nobody planned those things ahead. People's plans fail and it's normal. If your plans haven't failed yet... You are not blessed yet. Or maybe you have so wise, you've been careful not to make any plans. My friend Pastor Corey said something once. It's just a young man, of course, vibrant, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the word, full of zeal. He used to say that, listen, you see a man who starts the church. After one year, you don't have 50 members. After one year, you don't have 100 members. He said, either you are not serious or God did not call you. Then he started the church. After one year, he didn't have two members. <laughs> he got the point. <laughs> he started, in fact, he made up his mind. After he had prayed and done two types of fasting. There's a fasting in which you see food. He said, no, I shall not eat. I want to wait upon the Lord. There's one in which you are waiting upon the Lord because there's nothing else to do anyway. <laughs> My brother testified that he did all of that too. Finally, he made up his mind one day and said, God, I have now realized you did not call me. I am going back home. That day, he made up his mind. One man came to him and said, the Lord said I should be a member of your church. <laughs> are you getting my point? You are making your plans. It's working out. You are not blessed yet. <laughs> Go and read. You know, when I re- recommend books, please read them. The happiest people on earth by Diamond Shakaria. He went to Texas. They said, in Texas, we do everything big. We're going to gather out the Christians big. They had a big hall. Took big adverts. Put out big billboards. The pastor there hosting and said, look, in, this is Texas. Here we do everything big. And then the day they, he was feeling very happy, as they drove towards the place, expecting that the big hall would be full of big cars and big people. When they approached, something surprised him. The car lot was kind of empty. He said, maybe, maybe they take train, come, or bus. <laughs> Enter the hall. God is good. Nobody came. Nobody came. Nobody. They sat, that is, the only people there were those who organized. You know, God is very efficient in some things. When he wants to frustrate you, he does it in such a way, you know, only him. Even the devil doesn't have that power. You know, there are powers the devil doesn't have. Because the devil can go trying to persuade people, don't go, don't go, don't go. He has to be tempting them one by one. God just commands, nobody shall come. And that's it, nobody's coming. The devil has to go one by one and say, where are you going? Devil shall carry meeting. Why do you want to go there? What are you going to look for there? Sit at home. And by the time he recruits himself and all his hell, dev demons, one or two stubborn people will go by force. But when God says, nobody shall eat of thy fruit, <laughs> that's all. The creation cooperates. God frustrated the Moshakarian. The man couldn't believe it. Texas will do everything big, big. When they got there, things were so small they did not exist. <laughs> 
finally one of the women, that, one of the organizers, she said, well, since we are here, we paid for the hall. Let me just preach. So she started preaching. Preach her heart out. And the most she can was wondering, this is a salvation message. She knows all of us here. We are all believers. Why is she preaching like this? Then when she finished to make it what she made an altar call. If you want to give your life to Christ, you come forward right now. And the most was looking like, is this girl okay? Is she doubting our salvation? <laughs> to his surprise, he had movement. He looked behind. The janitor was listening to the message. And when the woman gave an altar call, he came down crying. Go and read the book. I've, I've quoted it so many times. By the time the Moshakaran was done, he was frustrated. He said, I'm not doing again. He folded up Full Gospel Business Men's Fellowship International. Or he, t- he started to fold it up. That was when the Lord stepped in. Then he has been spending all his money. His tr- most faithful follower said to him, if nothing changes by next week, me too, I'm leaving. That day, he suddenly, he and his wife, they were together. I think she, he, they were praying, saying, God, thank you very much. We yield ourselves to you. This is not working. We are folding it up. Then, I think he, fe- he fell over under, uh, under the power of the Spirit. Then began to have visions. And at that time, his wife was playing and she was talking. She wasn't seeing the visions, but she was running commentary on the vision that he was seeing. By next day, somebody sent money. Next day, another person said, listen, I own a press. Let's start printing a magazine. Next day, they didn't start picking up, picking up, until now they have thousands of chapters worldwide. If your own plans worked, God hasn't blessed you yet. Trust me. <laughs> All your, at the end of three years, this will, four years, this will, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do that. And it's been working out like that. Just be afraid. Say, God, when are you going to scatter things so I will know you are working? People think it's a mark of spirituality. That I began to declare it and it came to pass just like I said. God's blessing, everything he planned, he encapsulated in Christ. That's why I'm not saying all of these things. It's not in our own ideas. Why did I go into all the things that what we just went over now? Many times Christians spend their energy trying to learn how to pull spiritual strings. And they think it's a sign of faith. They spend energy learning how to arrange things by themselves, what they have planned spiritually, and they think it's a sign of faith. No. Paul said, when I wanted to preach to you, I ensured one thing, that I did not declare anything apart from Christ and him crucified. Anything that will not come into your life on the basis of that, I'm not going to preach it. It's not Christianity. That's what I'm going to all of these things. Listen. What comes into your life, eh? Is by reason of what Christ, God packaged for you in Christ. And as you discover Christ and get to know him more and become more transformed into the likeness of that Christ Jesus, the blessings start oozing out by themselves. Let me say something to you again, which people of faith often don't realize. It is not only what you ask for that God gives to you. Many things he wants to give to you, you can't even ask. You don't know that they are needed. We know our best example, Solomon. What will you want me to do for you? 
We've read from the scriptures. He asked for one thing. God said, because you did not ask for this, I will give it to you. Some things you ask for it is the reason why God doesn't want to give them to you. If Solomon had asked for long life and the life of his enemies, God would have given to him because he promised, but he would not have been pleased. But he said, you know how to ask for what is important. Then I will give you other things that people are dying for, even though you never asked for them. God can bring things into your life. You did not know they existed until one hour before they came. Adam only had the perception. I told that last, last Sunday, Makodi. He had the perception that something was out of order. But he did not know what Eve was supposed to be like. He had never seen an Eve. If you tell him, draw a picture of the kind of help you need, he will put a donkey at a dog's mouth so he can bite his enemies. So the donkey can carry him about, dog's mouth for his enemies, then up in the mouth of the donkey, again for protection. Then put wings on the donkey so he can fly. He would try all of that. But God said, that's not the kind of help you need. Let me do it. Lie down here, sleep. He took from him a rib and formed into a woman and brought to Adam. The moment Adam saw it, he knew it was right. Yet he could never plan it ahead. There are people listening to me today. Next year, (laughs) you will not even be living in Africa. The part of the world you'll be living in You'll be surprised. How did I get here? Many people here. Let me tell you the truth. I was praying for one brother the other day. I said, this is the word of the Lord that just in my heart for you. People are going out to start businesses. I said, but you, a word will be fulfilled in your life. You will live in houses you did not build. The business you will own and run, you won't start it. Somebody else will. That is a matter of fact. Don't think it's your plans that will come to pass. Christians think, no, they, go, they, they mix business planning with faith. All of it because we can't trust. We can't trust. That's the problem. We can't trust. If we're able to trust, there are times we even care. Once you are faithful in the assignment for today, you know, God is planning. He has plans ahead. In due season, it's okay, this is where you are stepping into next. What's the job of the believer? He said, listen, occupy with this until I come. God is coming. And let nobody tell me God likes long-term plans. Do you know what he's bringing when he's coming? If he gave you minutes for today, just be multiplying it. He said, that's the day. The assignment for that day. You're telling me that day. Now the whole of Eastern Nigeria listens to you. On, that is, many of you listen to okay, Muti on radio. Many people will come and say, I don't go to church again. This is now my church. Just listen on radio. People will, they will go to church, park outside, and be listening. That when I finish, I will enter church. I was listening one day, one man said, Today's service is over. He listened to a radio program for an hour and a half. He said, Today's service is over. Where else am I going? You're telling me last week, you never thought of going on radio in the future. Not even talking about now. That is like, as I'm bringing the, the, the I'll go. No. Let me just be pastoring this church in one corner. I wanted somebody to say, hey, I'm looking for somebody to be doing a program on radio. I, can you do it? He said, why not? You will live in houses you did not build. 
Why am I going to all of this again? For us to understand that, listen, God planned for us ahead. He packaged his plans and he put them in Christ. And he said, you move into Christ, you will discover what I planned for you. That's what I'm preaching. Now, I'm talking about how faith comes. Let's go back to that Romans chapter 10. So God had a plan. I was reading the other day, Romans chapter 10. Is of, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. I read many translations. I decided to check it. At least seven or eight out of ten, they insist on using the word Christ. I even read a commentary and said, listen, as far as the New Testament is concerned, the word of God is Christ. After I read, I checked many translations. King James, of course, uses the word of God. A few other ones use the word of God, but almost every, that is at least nine, uh, at least seven out of ten, we use the expression the word of Christ. And I ask myself, what is the reason? There must be a reason why the word of Christ is preferentially chosen. I believe that that's what God intended in that particular scripture. And that's actually what I'm talking about today. That the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing. We've talked about the hearing and hearing thing. In fact, Isaiah said it here. It was referring to Isaiah. Um, Paul said it here. Who has believed our report? He was saying, listen, it is not everybody that hears that believes. That's what he was saying. He said, however, faith comes by a special kind of hearing. The person who hears with a dedication to the word, who knows that this is the answer, is the word of God. He said, that's the kind of person that faith comes to. He now says, what kind of word does he hear? And that's what I'm talking about today. It is not the word of spiritualism. It's not the word of methods. Listen to me. Be very careful as a believer what you listen to. That's what I want to talk about today. Listen. If any word comes to you and does not magnify Christ, ignore it. Listen. I've told you before how to judge prophecies. There are all kinds of prophets out there. I hope you understand that. There are all kinds. There are all kinds. There are three special types. I group them into three of false prophets. There are three groups. There are prophets who are false. They know they are false. They are not doubting that they are false. It's business to them. They've checked how much money you can collect if 200 people give you their tithes. So they decided to start a church and start prophesying. They will go to the church, hear a man prophesy, they will go and repeat that prophecy somewhere. As I was coming this morning, God spoke to me. It's just business. I told you they arrested some men doing crusade in the lorry. They put a crippled man in a chair. Sorry, a healthy man in a chair. Wheelchair and pray for him. He will get up. They say he has been healed. The one I heard about that happened in Benin recently. They even told the man to go and sleep in the mortuary. <laughs> Not a joke. Arranged with the mortician. A man come to me because crying in church. Wait, 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 wait. Take this oil. You go there and call him to the word of the Lord. You point. The dead shall arise. And they poured it. And the man who purportedly was dead arose. And everybody just praised the Lord. It was business. They put somebody outside to be checking your phone number and your car number. 
and they will send it to WhatsApp by pastor who has his device open. <laughs> there are prophets like that. So they send him information. Say, so, oh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit didn't say anything. MTN Glow <laughs> helped him to conduct something. In, I mean, one of my friends, he said his pastor then would tell him, go out and go and do your, is it Philip ministry or Andrew ministry? I said, what is the Andrew ministry? He said, Andrew was a man who located the boy with two loaves and five fish. So he will go outside the premises checking. You start, say, this guy, I see him car when he comes. It's a new Tuareg. Go right hand down. He will write them down. Just pass to pastor. See that guy, that guy, that guy, the whole paper. The man will mount the poopy. He thinks it's under unction. It's not under unction. They have told him. There is something that you are believing God for. And he said, that car you came with is down for the altar. (laughs) So there are prophets like that. There are. There are prophets that are genuine prophets, but sometimes when they are hungry, my father, things change. Like Balaam. When Balak says, take money, say, let me talk to God. Take more money, let me call God a second time. Perhaps the Lord will see your offering and change his mind. And many people have been deceived like that. They come to church and say, when you, when you sow a special seed, God will shout so long. What do you want me to do for you? There is a kind of offering you will give. God will be provoked. Now, hunger. Hunger is terrible. When school fees are due, you will preach bad message if you are not careful. So there are prophets like that. They are genuine prophets, but they went into an angle. And they are the ones, these are the type that give you confusion. Because you don't know when to obey them and when not to obey. There is a third group of prophets. They are under unction. A spirit is speaking through them. God sent a word into their mouth, but the word is a lie. He said, who shall entice Ahab to go to Ramos Gilead that he might perish there? And one spirit said, I will. He said, what do you do? I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. God now said, this is my word. You shall go and you shall succeed. God in heaven empowered a spirit to lie. And the spirit jumped into the mouth of all the prophets prophesying in front of Ahab. And they were not lying as far as they were concerned. They were actually prophesying. They felt the unction enter their body. They felt the spirit take over their tongue. And the spirit said, go, you will succeed. Go, you will do well. Go, you will have victory. But God gave an insight to Micaiah. Micaiah was looking at the spirit entering them. <laughs> he said, I beheld. He told them what he saw in heaven. He said, therefore, all these prophecies you have heard, with all the gyrations of the spirit, are lying prophecies. 
The one that pained me most. And I had an aggro with the Lord for a very long time. You know what they, what they call aggro? You know what they call aggro? Vex. Eh? Something where you keep for heart, your body they vex. It's, people, you don't speak English. Modern English, you call it aggro. <laughs> if you never learn pigeon for that side, eh? <laughs> your English is not complete. I had an aggro with the Lord for a long time. Because there was a young prophet who an older prophet said, God said to me to bring you back. And the young prophet followed the older prophet. And the older prophet prophesied, according to the Spirit of God, said, the fact that you have disobeyed me, you are going to die. And the young prophet died for obeying the old prophet who claimed that he was giving him the word of God. That was the prophet that God sent against Jeroboam. Ha. For a long time, I wondered... So listen, I, as the Bible says, test every spirit. I don't care the man of God that's opening his mouth. Men of God bigger than you have lied. I don't care the size of your ministry. People who knew God more than you, they've lied. You will not be the first to tell lies. Unless I get killed for your lying. It's true. Because... I may get killed because you are lying. I owe it to myself to be sure that the word I obey is in line with what I understand from the word of God. Because the Bible says, but he lied to him. Listen to me, prophets lie. There are plenty. There are some, they know they are not prophets. They are just in the lying business. Listen, 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 listen. In case they are thinking, hey, let me just get, listen, he's not the first one. Joshua of Oyimbo came. Oshafa came and married 35 wives. And people were still following him. Human beings decreased. The man married 35 wives. The founder of Celestial Church of Christ had 35 wives, not hidden. And people were still following him. They will wear white, remove their slippers. And be singing, you, your sense. I come to preach the word of God to you. And the five girls here are my wives. Sitting in front. According to the year they enter the house. I sit five down. I preach, preach for five years. After that, you see the next row, ten. And you still come back. You are the one that wants to go to hellfire. It's not even my fault anymore. No, it's not my fault anymore. Because you still came back. Yes, sure for you. I don't know how many wives that one had. I heard the story of one pastor, one prophet in Lagos. You know what he used to do? When you come, tell him your problem, you pick up your phone and dial God. Yes. It was before the days of GSM. He would dial the number of heaven and say, hello, is that God? Yes, your servant of the line. <laughs> and people sat there. And people believed. He said, hello. So, wait, God is talking. All right, sir. All right, my Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> and people will kill there. That is the one I'm talking about. Oh, Father, I thank you for deliverance from blindness. <laughs> 